0: This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Wednesday, July 27th. I'm Matt Hoysh.
1: And I'm Julia Caulfield.
0: In today's headlines, Pinion Park Lottery opens.
1: Paul Reich steps in as Hospital District Chair.
0: Mountain Village approves new hotel development.
1: And a mountain weather forecast.
0: After several years of negotiating, planning, and developing... The lottery is finally open for the Pinion Park neighborhood. And Candy Meehan is excited.
2: The lottery opening up is
0: just it's kind of thrilling, to be truthful. Meehan is the mayor of Norwood, where the new development of 24 deed-restricted homes is being built. The project has been a collaboration between the town, the county, and the Telluride Foundation, which incubated an approach combining financing, modular construction, and donated land to keep the homes affordable for the local workforce. Prices on the for-sale units range from $225,000 for a two-bedroom, two-bath house to an average of $385,000 for a three-bedroom, three-bath house with an attached garage. And those prices won't skyrocket over the coming years. Unlike other deed-restricted housing in the county, the Pinion Park homes have an annual appreciation cap of 3% but that doesn't seem to deter people mean says she's heard an extraordinary amount of interest in the lottery
2: i am hoping that we can get some sustainability for our teachers and our ems providers and our young professionals who want to be here we want families here
0: paul major runs rural homes the nonprofit developer behind pinion park as the lottery opens he admits it's terrifying it's
3: terrifying for us because this is the ultimate goal. We're doing all of this so we can provide the opportunity for home ownership for people that live in the region and work in the region. But on the flip side, if you're a buyer, it's it's a big deal and there's a lot of hurdles. Ultimately, it comes down to can I justify that mortgage? Can I afford this house?
0: The lottery is open to households with people who work within either the Norwood or Telluride school districts, but priority will be given to those who work within the Norwood school district. That's according to Courtney McElaney, manager of the San Miguel Regional Housing Authority, which is running the lottery.
2: In the lottery, we'll pull group one, which are people who Working in Norwood, and then we'll have a second group that will pull after that. So, in case there's not a large interest for people working in Norwood, those um, people working in Telluride and Mountain Village will also have an opportunity to be pulled in the lottery.
0: Households must have at least one person that can verify 1,200 hours of employment in one of the school district boundaries. But McElhaney adds, intent to work will also be accepted
2: so someone who has just moved here and perhaps they're starting a job at the norwood school district say they're able to apply and so they'll get a letter of employment from their new employer and they're able to apply for this lottery so there is no residency standard for this current lottery so you don't have to have lived here for the past year to apply for this lottery
0: there are also income requirements Eligibility, McElhaney explains, is capped to households earning 120% of area median income for 18 of the homes. For six of them, the cap is 80% of AMI. According to McElhaney, there is also an asset cap of no more than three times the purchase price of the house. The application itself, she says, is pretty simple. The biggest part, she notes, is the employment information.
2: So that'll be information you have your employer fill out and that needs to be notarized. And then in addition, there's sort of the addendum materials that we require. So that would be your 2021 taxes, 2021 W-2s or 1099s, things like that. Most recent pay stubs is something that we also require. And then we also encourage people who are self-employed to reach out because we require items like business licenses, profit and loss statements, invoices. And so it's quite a bit more for someone who is self-employed.
0: Since the homes are for sale, she adds, applicants will also need a pre-approved mortgage letter.
2: You'll just go to your bank and they'll help you see you know, how high of a mortgage that you would be approved for so that when we are going down the line, say you are chosen in the lottery, then you know, um, you know, kind of your cap, income cap that you're able to purchase.
0: If any of this is confusing, you can make an appointment with SMRHA to talk in their Telluride office. There are also weekly office hours in Norwood, Wednesdays from 3 to 5 p.m. in the Lone Cone Library. Office hours are also available in Spanish by appointment. Applications are available at smrha.org. The deadline to enter the lottery is noon on Wednesday, August 31st. McElhaney encourages people to submit applications early so SMRHA can review them because they can't accept and complete applications.
2: So say you turn in your application on August 31st at noon and you forgot, you got, forgot part of that application, we won't be able to process it and approve you.
0: The lottery for the 24 Norwood Pinion Park Homes will take place Friday, September 16th. Rural Homes is targeting move-in for early November.
1: The Telluride Hospital District Board has a new chair. Paul Reich stepped into the role last week following the resignation of Richard Betts. Betts left the board after a number of Med Center staff called for his resignation. KOTO News spoke with Reich about his new role. He began by discussing what it's like to step into the position under slightly contentious circumstances.
4: I obviously didn't anticipate that this would be the path when I decided to run for the hospital board back in, you know, probably March and then was elected in May and and, um, and sworn in. It certainly, you know, it's been a difficult and challenging last two months and, you know, trying to get up to speed on just all that is involved with running a primary care clinic in an emergency room and understanding that. And then on top of that, beginning, you know, realizing that there are there are bigger challenges or there are some big challenges out there that we were presented with over the last eight weeks so uh you know i've got nine years experience as a board member at the school district and had spent four of those as president so you know the the logistical part of being a board chair it, it, i kind of understand the, the 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 process if you will and that's but that's often the you know that's the easiest part to learn so you know, I've got a lot of um, a lot of work to do to catch up to understand all of the issues we have. But um, you know, when I ran for the board, I did so because I thought we were in a really great place as a as an organization. Um, we are moving forward with um, acquiring or or being uh, given the land out at Society Turn for a new um, state of the art. Facility, and I think it's an exciting time. And we certainly have learned over the last two and a half years of living under COVID um, just how critical the hospital, the the medical center is to our community.
1: Some of the shifting on the board with Beth stepping down was due to concerns from some staff and a feeling they weren't being supported as they saw fit. As the board in general and as chair, how do you hope or plan to ensure the staff at the Med Center have the support to do all the work that they do?
4: It's so important that we we not engage in kind of that traditional, you know, kind of management employee relationship, right? Sometimes people see boards as as the management and, and you know, and, and staff as something else. And, and I look at it as I did when I was on the school district board. You know, regardless of our role, we're all there for this. I, I believe we're all there for the same reason, right? We 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 want to deliver high-quality health care to our community, and we care about our community, and we care about each other as fellow travelers in that journey. And so, you know, I really, I'm really going to emphasize um, creating an atmosphere where... Voices are heard um, and voices are respected. And what that's going to look like, I think it's premature to say.
1: Shifting gears a bit, what do you see as some of the main goals or priorities for the board specifically and the Med Center more generally in the coming years? I
4: think for the Med Center in the coming years, I mean, it most most urgently is to
1: uh,
4: is to find a a CEO, a permanent CEO. You know, we we had offered or had a had a um, identified a candidate and that candidate has pulled out. So we as a board need to spend some time figuring out uh, again, in concert with our our interim CEO, you know what is our next step and what is that going to look like? Um, and then of course, you know we're we're not um, we're not off the path of moving forward with building a new uh, facility out at society turn. I mean that is proceeding. We are working with uh, Genesee properties on the on the the actual land conveyance and you know have every intention of moving forward with that. Nothing that's happened in the last two months. Um, has taken our eye off of that goal. And then, of course, you know, there's the day to day. And I think that, you know, ensuring that we're able to provide quality care in an ever in a quickly changing and rapidly changing environment around healthcare, care. Um, and, and I think that's going to be really important as we move forward. But um, I think our staff is up to it. And I, I know that my fellow board members are as well.
1: On maybe a more personal note, what are you looking forward to about being on the hospital district board?
4: I mean, I've followed from a distance all of the conversations around uh, you know building a new facility and you know I I travel in my my day job with the um with Access Health System. I travel around well now 11 counties in southwest Colorado and I work with a number of different medical providers and hospital systems. And I just see how important those entities are in those communities and how much they can provide you know, more services than what we can do today in our our tiny little um, medical center down there. Um, And so I think that that's an exciting, that's really exciting to be able to be a part of that and recognize that we have a real opportunity to change the landscape of healthcare in San Miguel County and, and in Telluride specifically. And I think that that's really, that's a unique opportunity. You don't get those chances too often. So I think that for me, that's, what's really exciting.
1: Paul, thanks so much for taking a couple minutes to chat with me today.
4: Thank you, Julia. I appreciate it.
1: That's Paul Reich, the new chair of the Telluride Hospital District Board. The board will soon begin the process of selecting a new board member to fill the vacancy left by Betts. A new hotel in Mountain Village took a big step forward last week. After many years of discussion and many months of meetings, Mountain Village Town Council approved the final planned unit development design on first reading for what is planned to be a Four Seasons Hotel and Residence. This application has 53 dedicated hotel rooms. They would be kept in one ownership, so they could not be further condominiumized now or in the future associated with this approval there are 38 branded residents that constitute an additional 77 hotel keys that's michelle haynes planning and development services director for mountain village and then there are 29 condominiums and 10 employee apartments three retail spaces a restaurant and a bar a ballroom Two meeting rooms, a spa, a pool, and a fitness area. The project would sit on a lot just next to the Gondola Plaza in Mountain Village, extending towards Wagner Plaza and the Conference Center. The design has three primary buildings, a hotel and two residence towers. The buildings use a mix of materials with wood siding, painted metals, stone wire mesh, and glazing. Pathways and landscaped areas weave between the buildings. The hotel and residents will sit on just over 50% of the lot. While the buildings stand at a maximum height of between roughly 78 and 90 feet tall, Dev Matwani with Merrimack Ventures, one of the developers, notes the buildings won't impede the view line from the village core.
5: The reality is, is you can't see the building from the Heritage Plaza. It was designed in a way where it stepped up, so that your sight line wouldn't be impacted by the building. And so there is a building behind there. It's not a it's not an illusion.
1: Developers and the town have been working on this specific design for several months with shifts in the design as the process has moved along. A note town council member Pete Dupre applauds developers on.
4: Yeah, but I think you and your team really have listened. I mean, when you know the initial comments was, Well, that's that's a nice design for Miami but not for Telluride. And I think you took that to heart. You took down the roofs, you added employee housing, you know, I, you know, the way you've laid it out as far as using 52% of the site, we never see that when a developer, you know, they want to use the whole thing. And so I think you've, you've tried to listen and you've tried to incorporate it in your plans. And, you know, I applaud you for that.
1: However, during public comment, some still have concerns about the height, including Martha Cavillo. If the residents'
3: towers are allowed to be built at the proposed heights, neighboring property values will significantly be harmed instead of increased. There are lots that will be rendered unbuildable because they will be looking into the back of new condos. Current views from existing houses will be completely obliterated. We are totally supportive of this flagship Four Seasons property becoming part of our community. All we are asking is that it is built within the CDC guidelines and not at the expense of
1: diminishing the charm and beauty that makes Mountain Village the reason we all
3: love it so dearly.
1: But the majority, including Ron Allred, are in total support.
3: If you decide to approve this project, it'll, it'll change everything in our little world here called the Mountain Village and um, put it better for all of us.
1: In addition to building the hotel itself, Merrimack is required to provide a number of community benefits. In total, the development is committing roughly $5.2 million in community benefits, including over $2 million towards the town's community housing fund and improvements to plazas, paths, and trails in the village. Town Council unanimously approved the PUD on first reading, 6-0, Council member Patrick Barry recused himself for a conflict of interest. But that doesn't mean a hotel will spring up overnight. Matwani again.
5: We're, if we're lucky, it's a three-year build. Um, and the reality is, and given the, the constraints of building here uh, with the seasonality, um, it'll most likely be um, you know, the following year before we can start. So you're talking four to five years from today.
1: And Mountain Village Town Council still needs to approve the PUD on a second reading before the hotel is officially approved. Council is scheduled to vote at its meeting on August 28th.
0: Countless local officials help respond during an emergency, but it's a lot better to get to know them outside of a dangerous or stressful situation. This Tuesday, the Mountain Village Police Department is teaming up with Village Corps Departments to host the 10th annual National Night Out. Community members can meet and mingle with law enforcement and fire department teams at VCA. Plus, there will be free barbecue, an ice cream social, cornhole, a bouncy castle, and tours of a police car, fire truck, and ambulance. National Night Out will be on Tuesday, August 2nd at Village Corps Departments from 5 to 8 p.m.
1: Hunters who missed out on big game licenses this year, fear not. Leftover big game licenses will go on sale next week. Available licenses include leftovers for elk, deer, pronghorn, and bear, and over-the-counter licenses for elk, archery pronghorn, whitetail deer, and bear. Licenses will be available online, by phone, or in person at the Colorado Parks and Wildlife Montrose office. Licenses will go on sale at 9 a.m. on Tuesday, August 2nd.
0: One of Colorado's top water officials says he's unable to force conservation on users of the Colorado River. That comes as the federal government is calling for an unprecedented amount of water cutbacks among the seven states that use the river. Colorado State Engineer Kevin Rine told board members of the Colorado River District he has no legal authority to restrict their use. If you
4: have beneficial use for water and you have the right to the water, the water is physically and legally available, then I'm encouraging people to use your water right.
0: The Bureau of Reclamation is demanding states use less from the river to keep levels in its two biggest reservoirs from declining further. Officials in Colorado argue that water uses downstream in Arizona, California, and Nevada are the problem.
1: An annual Native American athletic tradition is coming back to southwest Colorado this week after taking two years off due to the COVID-19 pandemic. For KSJD, KSUT, and Rocky Mountain Community Radio, Clark Adamitis has more.
5: In Toyok, the Ute Mountain Ute Tribe is hosting the Ute Games, an annual youth athletic competition. Young athletes from Southern Ute and Ute Mountain Ute tribes are participating this year. In the past, the event was called the Tri Ute Games and also included the Northern Ute Tribe. Virgil Morgan, the recreation manager at the Southern Ute Community Center, says the games are an important way for young people to bond across tribes.
3: It provided that competitiveness, the youth can get to know one another, so you can go into competing and trusting one another, building relationships.
5: About 60 participants will compete this week. Events are lined up from Monday through Wednesday and will include co-ed volleyball, archery, hand game, and an obstacle course called the Ute Warrior Challenge. Members of the public wishing to attend must wear a mask indoors.
0: I'm Clark Adamitis. A mining company wants to extract lithium from old oil and gas wells in Grand County, Utah. Demand for the metal used in electronics, such as batteries, is expected to grow. And companies are exploring deposits across the country. That includes the Paradox Basin in southeastern Utah. For KZMU and Rocky Mountain Community Radio, Justin Higginbottom reports on the potential and risks of using old oil infrastructure in the transition to a greener economy.
6: Those sounds are workers re-entering a previously closed well in Grand County. It's from a video posted to Twitter by Australian company Anson Resources. Their American subsidiary, A1 Lithium, has a plan to tap brine deposits using old wells. Another video from April shows the salty water being pumped from deep under the ground, ready for testing.
5: Getting a sample from the well into a tote.
6: The hope is that there's enough lithium and other materials in the liquid to make extraction worth it. So far, the company has tested the method in a few wells, but they're looking to expand what they call their Paradox Lithium project in the region. They've submitted a proposal to the BLM to reopen two plugged wells a couple miles outside of Dead Horse Point State Park. As lithium demand continues to grow, due largely to electric vehicles, the Paradox Basin region may attract more business. This area has mineral rich brine deposits left over from oceans that are millions of years old. The one thing that the BLM needs to recognize is this possibility that this is just the first of, of many exploration
3: or development proposals for this area.
6: That's Lane Newell of the Conservation Group Southern Utah Wilderness Alliance. He says his group has taken an interest in this proposal because it's one of the first of its kind.
3: So the way that we're viewing the project is that it's sort of the camel's nose under the tent scenario where on its face it may not appear to be the most destructive or the most environmentally unreasonable proposal but lurking out there is the reality that this company has more than a thousand mining claims
6: the company's website says that lithium samples so far meet or exceed battery grade standards in those test wells They also say southeastern Utah is well-positioned to be an American source for electric vehicle and battery storage material. You know, If it were to come back as economically viable, then that could really drive interest in this region. The company needs to build a couple more access roads for this project off State Route 313. That's what they're asking BLM permission for. Newell says that lithium will be important for the transition to a greener economy.
3: But that said, lithium mining That's not a free pass to just go about on our public lands authorizing any project that comes the agency's way. Like, this needs to be well thought out. It needs to be the most environmentally protective
6: way of mining in this area. Justin Higginbottom for Rocky Mountain Community Radio.
1: The National Weather Service forecast for the Western San Juans calls for a 70% chance of showers and thunderstorms tonight, with a low around 55 degrees. Thursday, there's a 90% chance of showers and thunderstorms. The high is near 70 degrees, with a low around 50. Friday, expect showers and thunderstorms, with a high in the mid-60s and a low around 50 degrees. This has been the news for Wednesday, July 27th. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, Call the news team at 970-728-3206. And now, a personal commentary.
0: Hey, everyone. This is David Nevsky, the Town of Telluride's public information officer. I'm here with our water division manager, Katie Duty. Hey, everyone. Hey Katie, how are you doing today? Oh my gosh, so good. I found a Nike shoe in our wastewater pump, so it's basically like the free box, but it came to (laughs) my work. Wow. Um, How did that possibly get down the drain? Well David, where there's a will, there's a way. But I would like to kindly remind the public to only flush and dump wastewater, although I appreciate the donation of my new shoes. (laughs) Well, um, what else isn't allowed down the drain? Oh come on David, you got this, you know this. All right, Uh, no fats, oils, or greases?
2: Woo, yep!
0: Thanks so much, Katie. All right, everybody, please stay tuned for more exciting water news in the future from the town of Telluride.
2: Bye! Bye.
0: Opinions broadcast over KOTO are those of the speakers. You are also invited to express your views after the news or on Access each weekday at around 4 p.m. If you would like to comment, please contact staff person here at KOTO. We encourage you to speak out on important public issues.